This is Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here. Now on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember Jeff M A T E J A. That's the Matea Group, and call them today. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams. My co-host beside me to my left, Harrison Smith. Welcome, Harrison. Thanks, Jeff. Good morning. Morning to you as well. And uh, wow, that that jingle uh, is it is it stuck in your head yet? <laughs> Always. It's it's, <laughs> we're, it's pretty much constant around the office that somebody's singing it. I love it. I love it. Uh, is it still the ringtone as well? Absolutely. Listen awesome. to it all the time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, happy uh, Fourth of July weekend, to everyone, and all of our listeners out there. Hope you're uh, celebrating and staying safe. What did you do this past week, Harrison? Well, so the past week was a big moment at my home. Um, we uh, So we had a couple of cats for years and years. We lost them last summer, and oh, I foolishly agreed to get get, kit, get kittens. <laughs> um, so we uh, we introduced some new kittens to the household, and it's been an interesting week. How, getting you a, said a few kittens? How, yeah, uh, three three kittens. So we, oh, wow. A, little, a small litter, we took them all because my wife and kids could not say no. Um, so we've spent the week uh, introducing them to the home and kind of getting acclimated, and it's been a, it's been a bit of an adventure. Oh uh, yeah, how's the uh, how's the sleep? Uh, actually, it's been okay. Okay, it's more the chaos of uh, kind of uh, chasing around and finding them during finding the day them. when they hide oh, behind yeah. or in everything. So, <laughs> but you're more of a dog person, right? A dog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we all, we do have a cat. We have a kitten and a dog. So that's right. That's right. Um, who uh, tend to you know bother each other and uh, run around the house <laughs> as well. So it's a it's a trend in our house with uh, the young kids. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, so it's been a busy week. Um, again, happy Fourth of July to to our listeners. Uh, yeah, just gearing up for you know summer festivities. The, the pool is in, the concrete patio surrounding it is in. Uh, I went to pool school to learn how to use <laughs> my pool and uh, operate it efficiently and effectively, and the kids love it. Uh, so we're you know we're right down there at the beach and enjoying the pool. Yes. Yeah, so, so are you the kind of guy that's got the full chemistry set out every weekend, testing water levels and. No, unfortunately, with a, with a busy schedule, I think we have the uh, the low maintenance or very little to, you know, maybe it's a once a week or nice. what have you, uh, but seems pretty simple. Yeah, it, it can be. It can go wrong quick, but it can be very simple right. if you follow instructions. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the, the travels have brought me to uh, up to Bangor, to Rumford and back uh, in, in under 48 hours. So uh, a lot of mileage on the vehicle and seen uh, lovely parts of Maine, been, been to both destinations before, but uh the in-betweens and uh, listing some homes up that way has been fantastic. Yeah, and we had a great time. Uh, you know, shout out to Falmouth Country Club. We had a great time at that Corn Ferry Tournament. That's uh, right. Course was in tremendous, tremendous condition. A lot of a uh, lot of great entertainment. Fun to see golf at that level, That's and right. nice to see uh, a Maine boy do really well in it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Cole Anderson from Camden, uh, Florida State's uh, University Seminole. So I know, aren't you a grad? I, I'm, uh, a, I'm a Seminole. An, an alum uh, also. So, um, yeah, to see him in the hunts, uh, actually in the lead going into the final yeah. round was fantastic. The uh, the support and the gallery that followed him uh, around the course and, uh, you know, the Falmouth Country Club and uh, Shamrock Sports did an excellent uh, job with the, the live and work in Maine Open. Yeah. yeah, great event, a lot of fun. Looking forward to next year. Absolutely. So we have uh, some interesting, you, you want to recap the, uh, the Matea Group show? Yeah, so last week we had done a show, just Jeff and I kind of really talking through the group. We really hadn't done that in the 20 or so weeks we've been on the air. So a good chance to kind of step back and explain a little bit bit about who we are. We brought in a lot of great experts. Um, We feel like we've got a lot of great experts in our world. 
I uh, thought it was a good show to be able to step back and talk about the team. And ultimately, really our message out to the public and our clients is if you have any questions or needs, even if it's not buying and selling real estate, please you know reach out to us. We're happy to have those conversations. We love to make connections, help people out. You don't have to be buying or selling to be reaching out to us to get some help. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's how the business started was playing that connection game. It wasn't, uh, you know, while I'd love to help folks buy and sell homes, uh, it was, you know, what can we do to help them now uh, to set them up, whether it was uh, from financial planning to legal, uh, you know, the list goes on of all the different uh, vendors that we connect people with that, uh, you know, they come back around and actually did go on an appointment the other day from a, a networking group. I belong to BNI, Business Network International, uh, many years ago. And our, our guest uh, across the table from us, uh, which we'll introduce in a moment, was in that room at the time. And uh, one of his friends that he brought as a guest will be uh, listing their home with us uh, in the coming weeks. So that was uh, fantastic. You know, someone that I, I had been in touch with and stayed in contact with and, you know, eight, nine, 10 years later uh, has come back and said, you yeah, know, I'm ready, ready to list my home. Yeah, that's great. So in all seriousness, the listeners, if you have any questions along the way, it doesn't have to be the day of the show. It can be any time. You can always call or text us at 207-331-5516 or send us an email at close at home at portlandradiogroup.com. We are happy to make any introductions or connections you might need. And again, that number is text-friendly, and Harrison will uh, answer those texts, even if you text them at 3 a.m. I love the middle-of-the-night so texts. Our, our, our ongoing joke. Yeah, for sure. Well, because the ringtone's the, the jingle. So. Well, it's a great way to wake up. And uh, so, yeah, and, and in our next segment, too, we'll have uh, Patrick Thornton from Phoenix Title, our, our experts, uh, talking about how, you know, setting up entities and, uh, you know, just preparing on the legal side to, uh, to walk you through that. We'll have some answers to the frequently asked questions that we have from our listeners. Again, Harrison had mentioned about if you do have a question, while we're on the air, you can always call the 24-hour Closer to Home helpline, 207-331-5516. That's also text-friendly, and you can send us an email to closer to home at portlandradiogroup.com. Yeah, so we, uh, we've, got a, we've got a topic for this week we we'll want to dive into a little bit. There was a Portland Press-Herald article recently talking about um, inspections. And, and you know, for those who maybe haven't bought or sold a home ever or in a while, yeah, you know, the, the inspection process for buyers, you know, they, they hire a third party, an expert to come in and actually review the property for them and point out any potential problems or issues. And what we've seen in the last couple of years is in order to make offers more competitive, buyers have been waiving those inspections, uh, which, you know, which is good in the sense that it, it's one less hurdle to getting to closing and thing and transaction close faster. But the flip side of it is now buyers may not necessarily know what's going on with the property when they get into it uh, and may learn some surprises after the fact they weren't prepared for. Well, and the risk there is, you're exactly right, is, you know, waiving a home inspection is obviously a risky uh, endeavor is that you miss out on knowing a lot about your property, especially if you're buying your first home. But even if you've bought many homes, you can't see behind the walls. You don't know what's in the pipes or how, you know, the heating system, right, it runs, it's delivering heat, but, uh, you know, is it on its last leg? Uh, How is the attic? Um, You know, it's very uncommon, um, I guess, if you brought your ladder to a show and you could probably get up into the attic, but uh, those ones that aren't accessible or there's tons of stuff in the, it's like a scuttle in the closet. You're not, you know, boosting your wife up into the, uh, the, the scuttle to get up into the attic to see if there's, you know, molds or what have you, mice, yeah, you know, other rodents or whatever, or just damage, you know, is there, you know, the roof looks new, but is there damage to the trusses or, you know, from water, fire, animals. Um, and you know, waiving that home inspection does pose a risk. So just, you know, the article went on to say, and I think it was, it's kind of poor time to, you know, we're poorly timed. We're, we're probably a year and a half past, uh, the issue. People are starting to do home inspections again. So, you know, if you're listening and you're, you're buying a home, we would encourage a home inspection. 
and be careful, but there are opportunities where in order to get a home, you may have to waive that. Your real estate agent may advise you with a warning that uh, Mm -hmm. it comes with the risk that you might enter a home that has many issues after the fact. And, you know, it's kind of buyer beware. You're, you're stuck. Yeah. And we, we always recommend, you know, our clients get an inspection if they can, uh, because there's, you know, even if, even if you don't find anything major, which you hope you don't, at least having the knowledge from the inspector of the age of some of the systems, the conditions, maybe some things to watch out for. Because what inspectors do a good job of, and we surround ourselves with a number of really good inspectors we recommend, is that it's not just like, here's a list of issues and go fix them. It's really like, here's a history and a story of the home in a report you can read with pictures that highlights highlights what they're seeing. So you get a really good breakdown of, of what you're buying so you know exactly what's going on inside of it. Yeah, I always love that home buying uh, inspection report because it, it, it even told you, well, here's a few things that you might want to just be aware of and budget for down the road, right? Your roof still has five to 10 years left. But, you know, as long as you take care of the septic and you, you know, do this or that, you'll get a little bit more useful life out of, you know, maintain your heating system and talk to the professional that, you know, services that so that they may get some extended life out of it and take good care of it. You may get more years, but right, plan on the three to five years from now, you may need to cough up five to $8,000. So prepare for that and know. And the, the article was also interesting that while you may waive an inspection to get your offer accepted, there's opportunities that home inspectors are making themselves available for walkthrough consultations. So maybe not a full-blown inspection, but looking at the, the, the big stuff, you know, the heating system, the attic, the roof. Uh, electrical, you know, pulling that panel, some stuff and giving you a, you know, a a download. You're listening to Closer to Home means real estate radio and news radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Yeah. And I think it's important for listeners to understand that just because you say you're not going to do an inspection doesn't mean there aren't solutions to avoid some of these problems. And as Jeff mentioned, many inspectors are happy to do a walkthrough inspection with you. It's not a formal inspection. They kind of walk through the place with you. They point out some things they see. Um, gives you a general idea. You can always still get an inspection. You just can't necessarily use that to renegotiate the contract or potentially terminate if you find an issue. Um, but also, there's other options like buying home warranties. You know, home warranties for a long time were were not a, a big thing in Maine uh, because a lot of people said, "Well, I'll, I'll just deal with an issue. I don't need to buy a warranty." But if you don't know that, if you don't know about the issue, sometimes having that home warranty gives you some peace of mind. So that's certainly an option, and that'll cover your major system failures and items for a period of a year to even longer, depending on what you buy. And then we always recommend to our clients, especially if they're first-time home buyers, to have some kind of a reserve set aside where, if you do have something happen, you know you're not in panic mode about how you're going to pay for it or how you're going to deal with it. You know you've got a little money set aside, so if you've got to call somebody to you know, handle an issue, you're not worried about it. You've got that peace of mind that, okay, I can handle this. We'll be okay. Yeah. That rainy day fund, <clears throat> excuse me. What do you, th- what are your thoughts though on uh, you know, home inspectors that, you know, the lack of work or the, the lower amount losing that revenue and maybe getting out of the business. Now we're coming right. back and saying you're, you're wanted again. Um, are we going to be back to similar to appraisers and surveyors having home inspectors that are just so busy we can't get them? Yeah. And it's funny because we've actually seen more requests lately from other you know, brokerages and agencies and agents reaching out asking who we use because um, I do feel like there are fewer inspectors out there. So they're starting to book up again. They're starting to get really busy. Um, I've not seen any stats for Maine. I'm sure inspectors have gotten out of the business, but I, I did read a stat the other day in Massachusetts. It was one in three home inspectors have left the business in the last two years because they just couldn't make a living doing it based on the volumes they were at. So, you know, in, in your history in the business, Jeff, you've been in a bad market and a good market. 
you know, do you see these kinds of ebbs and flows? Yeah, there's a lull and then, you know, like contractors, they, they leave and then they come back and, uh, you know, it's kind of juggling acts. But, uh, you know, we have to uh, we have to go to break. You're listening to Closer at Home on News Radio WGAN. When we come right back, we'll have Patrick Thornton from Phoenix Title. This is Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here with Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty and his weekly guest experts. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. What a, what a great intro with uh, a little Springsteen. Happy Fourth of July! Yeah, I love the variety and the music's great. And we have uh, an all-American boy, I'll call him here—not uh, necessarily a boy, but Patrick Thornton from Phoenix Title joins us in studio. Yeah, good, uh, longtime friend of the team. Uh, welcome, Patrick. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, great to have you here. So let's start off with—why um, don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Yeah, uh, Patrick Thornton. I am the managing attorney for the state of Maine for Phoenix Title. Uh, from here all my life. Born in Lewiston. Grew up in Portland. Went to Portland schools. And I uh, graduated from Humane Law. Um, been in the title business one way or another since 1997. Started a company that, if you've been around for a while, might have remember Northeast Land Title. Um, worked for them and their successes for, I think, eight ish years, doing pretty much anything you could do at a title company, abstracting, processing. Uh, then went to law school. Uh, when I graduated, it was in the, uh, the high times of 2007. Oh, boy. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so. Um, the better route at that point was to go to um, the law firm. So I worked for a law firm in town, did um, trial work, um, did some real estate trials. Not a lot of people can say that. They probably had about 10 or 15 real estate trials, done some uh, title insurance defense. So if you ever had a really bad title problem that needed to go to court, I've done that kind of work. Um, then as the economy approved, got back, improved, I got back more to the closing side, been doing closings really ever since. And about three years ago, um, Phoenix had an opening. A lot of people that I've worked with for a long time were there and said, geez, you know, would you be interested in coming over to, uh, to be our managing attorney for the state of Maine? So that's my position now is basically anytime there's uh, any closing that's kind of getting off the tracks, I try to help it get back on track. If we had a title problem or we need some special documentation and we need to track down that missing uncle who moved away and is, a, is an heir <laughs> that, that nobody seems to know, you know, do a little detective work too. But um, yeah, that's my job is to try and keep the everybody in the state. You know, we have six offices in Maine and six in New Hampshire. So um, try to keep everything that's going on in Maine uh, on time for closing. As you know, that's really the the name of the game is we have a contract date. We're trying to meet that. If there's any way we can can do that and can assist you guys and our lender clients to make sure that things stay on time, that's what we're all about. So Great. So where, where in Maine are the offices? So we have uh, Bangor, Augusta, uh, Brunswick, Auburn, and Portland. Um, we had an office in Damascotta, which is sort of a skeleton, so we can go to the Mid-Coast, too. We really cover the whole state other than really Aristic County or Washington County, although even those we can kind of do you know, mail aways or find an attorney office there that we can coordinate with, but cover the state, cover New Hampshire. And we also have one uh, North Shore, uh, Massachusetts office. So we're a oh, regional fan. title company. Fantastic. So what services does Phoenix Title provide to? Uh... So we're a title company, which means, so we do escrow services. It's one of the big things. That means we take in all the money from the lender and the buyer. We pay everybody that needs to get paid, your seller, any mortgage holder, lien holder. Um, so a lot of dealing with money and wires. Uh, we're titles title company. So we do a search, 
help report back, kind of like an inspection that you guys are talking about earlier. We inspect that title, report back, hey, here's what's going on. You know, are buyer and lender comfortable if there are any issues? Uh, and then we're also an insurance agent, right? We issue a, an insurance policy of title insurance to both the lender and the buyer in your standard transaction. Um, and then obviously we're a closing company too. So we sit down with folks and actually put pen to paper, explain to them what they're signing, um, and then pay everybody. So there's kind of a few few tasks that we do that are kind of all rolled in together. One thing I always usually try to say too is we're not a law firm. Uh, you know, I am a lawyer and we do uh, deal with legal issues in everything we do, but we're not a law firm. We don't take on uh, clients to solve those kind of problems. We will refer those out, but doing uh, basically any closing that involves real estate, we're, we're happy to assist. So, so that, does that include commercial too? Yeah, include, anything that includes real estate as a collateral, we're absolutely able to help. And um, and we are able also to always give a, a fixed price, which I think is one nice advantage is you can send us your contract and tell us, you know, what you're what you're looking for. Uh, we can usually write that within, you know, just by reading the contract in a few minutes, say this is what we would charge you to get this closed. So, so I know a lot of your clients are, are agents. You mentioned lenders, you know, big banks and small banks and community banks. But right. can someone do private sale? And can you describe what that is? Yeah. So if somebody's doing for sale by owner, by owner, um, they certainly can use us, you know, go right onto our website, phoenixtitle.com. Uh, we do spell Phoenix unusual, which I wish I could change, but it's not within my power. So it's P-H-E-N-I-X. Um, but phoenixtitle.com, there's a, uh, first you can find the local office, whatever's closest to you and give us a buzz. But there's also right on the website, you can submit your contract if you're under contract. And if you don't have a real estate broker or a lender involved, uh, we kind of can take it from there. The majority of our um, work comes from either a real estate broker or a loan officer. And that's sort of um, where we turn our attention. But we're very happy to, to assist anybody who needs closing. Awesome. So we're, we're really excited. We had Carrie, uh, Carrie Kimball on the show a few weeks ago talking yep. about title insurance. We've known Carrie for a long time. We used to work together way back in the day. Yeah, I feel like all of you folks in the title world have all run across each other many times. <laughs> it's very true. I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> small fraternity. Um, and every once in a while you run across somebody you haven't met and you say, well, geez, who is that? Um, but yeah, most of us know each other. Most of us work together and we get along and, um, you know, there's enough business for us to go get get uh, get things done. So it's a pretty friendly fraternity. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio on News Radio 98.5 FM, AM 560 WGN. Yeah, so Carrie kind of took us through title insurance, and I'm excited today because you're going to take us through some of the other aspects of title and maybe how you hold properties and deal with potential issues that pop up um, that I think will be fun for the listeners. So let's uh, let's get let's dive into some of these questions here. So and, and these are real world situations that Patrick brought to us that I think will be fun to answer. So uh, so the first one, um, when I bought my property, it came to me by quit claim deed. Now I am selling and my buyer insists I sign a warranty deed. What should I do? Yeah, classic one is there's a myth out there that you have to sell by the same type of deed that you got, and that's not true. Um, but I guess first let me take a step back. The difference between those deeds. So in Maine, there's three basic types of deed. There's your warranty, what's called the quick claim with covenant, and then your quick claim deed. Warranty deed, the seller's promising, this is good title, I promise forever and ever, no problems, or you can come back to me. The quick claim with covenant, it really should be called a limited warranty. It says, I know my title is good when I had it, but before before my time, I don't know, and you should do your own search. And then your quick claim deed is sort of your as is, where is. I make you no promises whatsoever. So sometimes people get heartburned. They've they've obtained the property by quick claim, which means their seller made no promises, and now they're turning around to, to sell, and their buyer's saying, well, I want you to promise me the moon and the stars and everything, and that there's, there's no problem. Um, 
You can sell by either type. The thing that always fills this gap is title insurance. So ideally, when you purchase your property with your quick claim deed from your seller, you bought a policy. That means you're covered and you don't ever have to look to the seller. You probably don't want to have to do that anyways. You want to be able to make a title insurance claim. I have advised people in the past, if you're stepping up that promise, your next buyer wants warranty and you don't have the backing from your seller, just put it right in your contract that your buyer has to buy a title insurance policy. And that way, they're very likely to turn to their title insurance company, not to you, if there ever is a problem. Um, still not a zero risk, but it really, really limits it if both you and your next buyer have a policy. So that's kind of the, the short answer for that. I could probably talk about an hour for that, but <laughs> yeah. um, that's the difference between those deeds and, and why. If everybody's insured, it's a, it's a pretty low risk. Well, that's a great point, and you you know recommending that you buy title insurance uh, pretty much all the time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm biased. It's what we're in the business of doing, but yeah. I, you know, I buy it for myself. Um, and the thing is, if you want to rely on what your seller has promised or in your title search, that's great. But if something goes wrong, where are you going to turn? And you know, when you buy insurance, you're trying to avoid that disaster, that terrible problem. And that's what this is for. You pay for it one time at closing. It's not every year, um, and it stays with you forever. And some of the coverages even will protect you after you sell. So if you're, you've sold a property eight years ago and somebody's coming to sue you about some problem they think you had knowledge of, you very likely can turn to your title insurance policy even after you've sold it for that one-time fee. Gotcha. So. That's right. And I always remind folks that when buyers question that, I say, well, there's 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 usually someone smarter than you. And if your lender is requiring it, which right. they all do, yeah. uh, they know something that we don't know or should know, you should get title insurance. Yeah, it, I you don't, see that that's yeah, I don't know of any lender that doesn't require it, that lender policy. So right. you're already going to pay for one for the lender and for not really a whole lot more money, you might as well get yourself covered as well. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And we had a, a second question come in. So I'm about to inherit a, an apartment building, but I'd much rather sell it. And how do I do that? Yeah, this happens. I mean, obviously, uh, people who own property pass away and then you've got to deal with what happens to that real estate. Um, hopefully what's happened is you, it's your parents and you're going to naturally be the one that would be the executor um, under the new probate code that's called a personal representative. Um, but if you're the personal representative, you're the one who can deal with that real estate. And if you sell it out of the estate, you can make the estate the seller. You can talk to your real estate broker and just say, hey, we're ready to list this. We've been, we've, you've got to go to probate court and you've got to get somebody appointed as that personal representative spot. Uh, but once you've done so, um, you can deal with that real estate and you can go to a broker like yourself and say, hey, we're ready to list this. Just the seller's not going to be me personally. Um, it's going to be the estate and then cash comes in. Excellent. So I know we have to head to break here real quick. When we come back, we'll have segment three with more questions for Patrick Thornton of Phoenix Title. You're listening to Closer to Home on News Radio WGAN. Welcome back to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea, on News Radio 985 FM and AM 560 WGAN. In the summertime, when the weather is high, Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Closer to Home Means Real Estate Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Matea of Keller Williams Realty, the Matea Group, with my co-host, Harrison Smith, and we have Patrick Thornton back in studio from Phoenix Title with a number of questions to answer regarding yeah. LLCs. And uh, go Yeah, ahead. so Patrick's brought, brought us some really good questions, and here's, here's one we were laughing at the break is one we've come across <laughs> many times. Um, you know, especially here in Maine, where you've got a Maine. lot of oh, yeah. you've got a lot of lakefront properties that have been owned by families for a long, long time. So uh, the question is, my house was supposed to have a right away to the lakefront, but when I read my deed, there's no mention of it. Did I get ripped off? Right, and this one, I mean, the answer is it depends. And any this is a good tip for you guys. Anytime there's a legal question, the answer is always it depends. Just that you can always answer with that. But um, 
the this goes back to a common misconception between a deed and a title, and people don't really understand the difference. And I think it's because everybody's probably owned a car before they owned a piece of real estate. When you buy a car, yeah. what do you get? You get one piece of paper. It's called a title. It's on fancy uh, stock, and you're like, now I know that I have owned it. And I think people think the deed is the same thing, and it's really not. The deed is just evidence of a transfer, and we always say the deed is really more comparable to um, a bill of sale, right? So if you're going to go buy a used car from somebody and you said, hey, can I see the title? And they said, well, I don't have the title, but I've got this bill of sale. You'd say, well, that's useless. And in a similar sense, the deed just tells you that the, what the last transfer that happened. And in the deed, it may or may not repeat any of the rights away or conditions or any number of things. But when you get a piece of real estate, you obtain and are subject to all of the rights and easements that are part of your title. And then really the only way to know what those are is to have somebody do a title search at the Registry of Deeds. And so the last deed can say, hi, I'm giving you lot four on this plan. And that lot four might have 10 easements that benefit it. It might have an easement to the water. And the only way you're really going to find that out is doing a full title search. And that's where you find out what's the status of title. And there's no one document. There's no one piece of paper like with a car. And I think that really throws some people off. But the short answer is find somebody to do a title search. Um, and then you can find out if you really do have that um, easement to the waterfront. Yeah, so really the deed is not necessarily the be-all, end-all of what you have. It really is that whole chain. Right, exactly. I mean, the deed is the evidence of a transfer. It's really like that bill of sale. To know what rights come with that piece of real estate, you've really got to do the title search. And that may go back decades or, or you know, even 100 years, depending on where this property is and how it's passed over the years. So on that right-of-way uh, question, I, I, I live next to a couple of them and have the benefit of one, and uh, I give You're one to another. Lot, yeah. Um, so say someone leaves their dock or their paddle boats for the winter in there, and they're still there when you come back for the summer. Uh, what grounds do I have to move those out of the right of way? Or, you know, yeah, most rights of way are for passing over the land and do not give you a right to leave something there. So generally speaking, um, anything that's left in the right of way, the owner, the underlying owner. So if you're the one burdened, you're the underlying owner. You'd have the right to remove that or cause it to be removed. Um, yeah, there's. If you, again, kind of want to read it to make sure, but a right of way means someone has a right to pass over, whether by sure. car or by foot. Um, but it doesn't usually include, uh, unless it specifically says, any right to leave any physical object on the easement. Got it. Got Interesting. It. Okay. okay. Well, I know um, there's a number of questions that came in about a holding property, and one specific said, "Well, what should people know about holding a property in an LLC?" I'll yeah, I mean the LLC. It's a great tool. Um, I think. If you want to hold in an LLC, first you got to figure out what kind, what type of property is this. This is your primary residence or one you're going to live in. In that case, it's probably not the right vehicle for you. If it's something that you want to keep in a family for many generations, you might want to get a very specific type of LLC that deals with the family property. Um, you talk to a lawyer who sets those up. If it's investment property and you want to get a commercial loan, you will need to be in an LLC. No commercial lender is going to give you a loan as a person because there are consumer laws that prevent foreclosure. Um, commercial foreclosures are done in the blink of an eye, and that's why your lender is going to require you to get in an LLC. So if you're starting to get into the investment of, uh, of real estate and you're going to rent that property out and not live in it, then yeah, that's the time when you're going to sit down with a lawyer and talk about what do I need to do to get my LLC set up. Excellent. Uh, so along the same lines as easements and rights away, uh, we also come across things like you know road maintenance agreements and things like that. What, what should a buyer know about a road maintenance agreement? Yeah, I mean, Maine is kind of famous for this. We're a rural state, and there are many, many roadways and easements that just aren't maintained by the local town. Um, and that means everybody who lives on the road is on their own to plow it, maintain it, grade it, whatever needs to be done. Um, 
and that's a cause for a lot of fights. So the folks on the private road can, by agreement, form what's called a road association, and it basically works the same way like a condo association would work, where you all agree that you're going to be bound by these terms, and everybody's going to have to chip in for the maintenance of the road. And if you fail to do so, um, the, the association can lean the real estate as leverage to get paid. Um, you can do it by agreement, and there's also a law in Maine that says um, if, you, if not everybody agrees, you can force a road association if you have a majority of uh, the owners on the road and you have at least three houses built on the road. Um, there's a law that provides a way to create a road agreement without everybody's uh, agreement. You could have you know, just a majority uh, create that, but it's a little bit, obviously you'd rather do it by agreement. Hopefully everybody in the road understands we've got to get these bills paid. Let's all chip in and get them done. Yeah. Um, but and it's in, kind of a main invention. Yeah. So in the main, we come across some of these where they're kind of like an informal arrangement where like, you know, the neighbor agrees to split the cost of the plowing and all that. If it's really a road association or a true road maintenance agreement, is that something you're going to find in the chain of title? Yes. Yeah. So a, a, a true road association will be found at the registry of deeds. It should have some set of bylaws that are on file somewhere. They may not be at the registry, but there will be a document signed by all of the owners at the time that it went into effect that says, hey, we all agree, and we agree that this obligation will run with our land when we sell. And that's huge, right? So it's not just your neighbor now, it's the neighbor and whoever they sell to, or if they leave it to their children or whatever the case may be, this this obligation to maintain the road will stay, will run with the land. Kind of like what we talked about with the easements. Even if it's not restated in the next deed, it's now part of the title and runs with these lots forever. Um, and that's really the best way to protect everybody because, right, you could ha- get along with your current neighbor, but they go to sell or they leave to the kids that you don't get along with. And now all of a sudden you've got a big problem when it's, hey, everybody needs to chip in, you know, a couple hundred bucks or maybe a few thousand if it's time to regrade or pave a road. We mentioned on a, a prior episode about the foreclosure moratoriums being lifted and that activity picking up here in Maine, seeing some signs about auctions. Can you tell us more about how that process works and how you'd participate? Yeah, I mean, so the auctions, you're going to find uh, they have to do public notices for resident. Well, for either one, residential or commercial, you'll you'll look in the you know that back page of the newspaper that probably very few people read. Um, but you should see um, you should see the public notices that should, will always give you a contact person. Sometimes it'll be a lawyer. Sometimes it'll be a um, auction house. And they'll give you uh, an ability to see some sort of prospectus, a packet of information. Um, you're going to want to know what is out there. Um, was this for? They have to tell you what they know about the property, but you also are going to want to involve a title company to get a title search done. You will know if it's foreclosure auction. That means that the prior owner got foreclosed on, which almost certainly means they had a bunch of liens, they had a bunch of people money, and you want to make sure that that foreclosure was done correctly. We've seen it many times where... You get to the auction or even shortly thereafter, you're under contract and you realize, oh, the foreclosure didn't give notice to this one person who held a lien against the property. So their rights uh, live on if they weren't notified of the foreclosure. They're not, in a very literal sense, they're not foreclosed if they weren't given notice. So it's it's a good way to get property for sometimes a better price, but you really have to do your due diligence and, and make sure you know what you're getting into. And so what you're saying there, too, is uh, someone could come calling and say, well, you owe us uh, $150,000 that we were not paid Right. Yeah. I mean, if it's, it's I'm sad to say, but especially when um, foreclosures were happening a lot and maybe this will come, but when there were a lot of foreclosures, they weren't doing the best job of, of giving everybody notice or making sure they did a good title search to see who are the lien holders, who do we have to get notice to? And you would see it. A, a lien would get missed and someone would come to us to refinance or sell. And it would say, we'd have to tell them, geez, there's a judgment out there that never got paid from eight or 10 years ago. Um, and yeah, interest is accruing. And really the only way to do this is to either redo the foreclosure or to contact them and see how much money they want to, to release their lien on the real estate. 
So when you see people buy the foreclosures or other kinds of distressed properties, do you are, do title insurers you know have some apprehension to insure over properties where there maybe there is a little bit more uncertainty? Well, I mean, we want to do a search, and the the hard part is if you go under contract and you don't have some due diligence period saved for yourself that says, "Hey, I have the right to do a title search," and if the title search turns up something I don't like, I get to get out and get my deposit back. And that's the big thing is you want to check and see what is the contract that they're offering you. It has to give you. I would never uh, get into involved in a foreclosure deal where they didn't give you some option to search title and then find and and opt out if the title search isn't good. Um, you know, when the search is done, we give it a thumbs up. There's no difference in price once you've actually found the foreclosure was done right. Well, another great segment, Patrick Thornton of Phoenix Title. How do folks contact you, real quick, before break? Uh, yeah, PhoenixTitle.com. P H E N I X Title.com. Thanks, Patrick. We're heading to break. We'll be back with our tip of the week and around town with Harrison. Welcome back to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea, on News Radio 985 FM and AM560 WGAN. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. We're back for our final segment, the tip of the week from Harrison and uh, around town to wrap things up. Absolutely. So we'll jump into this week's tip of the week. And for those of you who maybe have missed past episodes and have missed the tips of the week, uh, we try to bring you something valuable from the person that's with us. Uh, you can find the past episodes at WGAN.com under the podcast section, uh, or you can find more information about them on JeffSellsMain.com. Um, and for the tip of the week, I want to bring Patrick back on to go through this because this is a question we get a lot. And that is, you know, when you're buying a property, you may want to be thinking about how it fits into your overall plan. And, and more importantly, maybe th- want, to, want to think about where it's going to next. So, Patrick, can you talk to us a little bit about how people can hold title and why they might want to hold it a certain way? Yeah, sure. I mean, so the, the, the basic thing to know is, first of all, grab the deed to your house. Hopefully you've got a copy of it. And look and see if, there, if, if you own it with your spouse or with any other person. Um, you want to see if it says if you hold as joint tenants or not. Um, there's two ways to hold title, joint tenants or tenants in common. The difference between the two is what happens if one of the owners passes away. In a joint tenancy situation, when one owner passes away, the other owner gets the property without any process, any notice. You don't have to go to court. You don't have to tell anybody anything. It just magically happens. You become the sole owner, just like if you had like a joint bank account. If your tenants in common, that means that if one of you dies, your interest flows into your estate, and you very likely will probably have to go to probate court to get that moved on to the to the next generation or back to the other co-owner. Um, usually your spouses and your life partners will hold as joint tenants. It will sort of make sense with their, um, plan. Unrelated people, sometimes business partners will hold as tenants in common. Um, it just means that you may have to go to probate at the time of the death of one of the co-owners. So. Okay. And and are there some keys there to make sure you try to stay out of probate if that's your plan? Yeah. I mean, I probably go a little bit against the grain here. I'm not really anti-probate like I think a lot of other lawyers are, or maybe a lot of other states are. The thing about Maine probate is it's not as slow or as expensive as, sorry to pick on them, but your Massachusetts, your New York, your other very large states. Oh, go right ahead and pick on them. (laughs) Right? So, I mean, and fortunately or unfortunately, we get a lot of -of out-of-state money, so we get a lot of -of out-of-state understandings of things, and people who bring money into the state very often are terrified of probate. Maine probate, you can, as long as everybody agrees 
you know, as to who's going to be the executor, you know, and who the heirs are. It's really just an administrative process. We're just going to work this through. You can get a PR, a personal representative appointed, usually in a handful of days. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a four-month window where anybody can claim against the estate. So if you sell an asset in those first four months, you want to make sure you hold on to the cash until the opportunity for claims have come. You can list a property within a handful of days of, of starting your probate process. And I don't have these memorized, but usually for a medium-sized estate, you're talking about a few thousand dollars, maybe up to the five-figure amount. But it's not like your Maine or your Massachusetts or your New York, where this is going to take you know a year or more and cost so much money that it's really important to spend a lot of upfront money to stay out of probate. Um, if you want to stay out of probate, then you talk to somebody who sets up trusts. That's usually the typical way to do it. Or you could also do a family LLC. But I would also just point out, unless in Maine. Um, unless your net worth is more than $6.5 million, which is not a lot of Mainers, you're not going to trigger any estate tax. So you you don't want to do a lot of estate planning that's not needed. I would definitely talk to somebody about getting a will done. Anybody who owns real estate or has a minor child needs a will, and you should talk to somebody about that. Um, but the idea that you need a trust or you need some um, pour over, A, B, all these heavy-duty um, estate planning things – I'm not saying you don't need it. Certainly talk to somebody, but it's much less likely in Maine because it's okay to go to probate. It's not going to take that long. It's not going to take as much money. So, And that's where a lot of that estate planning comes in for other states. And with your practice at the firm prior to getting into the real estate law, you saw a lot of this. So you have the connections to, to refer clients of Phoenix to estate planning attorneys, yeah, what have absolutely. you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. We've done, I mean, you know, I did, I did some simple wills in the past. I've never done um, heavy duty estate planning, but I've always been connected to um, those who do do it. So I'm more than happy to sort of give recommendations uh, so somebody can sit down. And again, I'm not saying you don't need planning. I think people do if you have assets or minor children, but I think a lot of times people by, you know, just by habit say, oh, I'm going to do what this, what the Massachusetts folks do. And it's not always the, it's just a different state where we're not, we're not the same court system. We're not the same probate system. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. So really the, the key for people is, is if they're thinking about kind of you know, property in their estate and how they want it to handle, they should at least be asking the questions of, of, you know, how should I buy this? How does it fit? And whether you can answer the question or not, you've got resources around you that can help put all the pieces together for them. Yeah, I think, I mean, and the big thing too is just look at your deed and see if it has joint tenancy. I mean, if you are if you have a spouse, you want to see those magic words, joint tenants or joint tenancy in your deed. If your deed doesn't say one or the other, then the default is your tenants in common, which very likely if you're a married couple is not what you want. And if your spouse passes away, you're going to have to go to probate unnecessarily. Now, um, you certainly don't have to go twice when you don't need to. Now, is that something that if they, they look at their deed and they see tenants in common right now, they could pick up the phone and call Phoenix Title and you could change that to yeah, joint absolutely. tenancy? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's a simple deed that you can do from, it's it's a little bit of a silly exercise, but this is how you do it, is you prepare a new deed from, your, from you and your spouse to you and your spouse, and you expressly state joint tenancy, and then you record that at the registry, and then problem is solved pretty simply. But it's a, it's a phone call and appearing to sign in front of a notary at Phoenix yeah, Title. And right. It's one signature on a new deed. Um, a very small exactly. cost. Yeah, I think you know, maybe well two, worth it. Yeah, a couple hundred bucks for the deed and maybe a recording fee of $25. It's exempt from any transfer tax because there's no real transfer. So, All right. Well, uh, Patrick Thornton of Phoenix Title, remind us again how we can contact you uh, with those. Yeah, so our Portland office is, is uh, right on Middle Street in Portland. We have other offices throughout the state. Um, easiest way is just go to the website, phoenixtitle.com, P-H-E-N-I-X. 
uh, title.com and find the office that's nearest to you. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Awesome. Excellent. Thanks for uh, stopping by, Patrick. Yeah, thanks for having me. But yeah, Phoenix, the way they spell it, I mean, I I feel for Patrick because I'm always spelling (laughs) M-A-T-E-J-A, you know, Matea group. We we know about difficult spellings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Maybe they need a jingle. Oh, that'd be great. Would you sing it for them? No, they don't want it to sing. Yeah, they don't want me singing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the dogs in Portland would be howling. It'd be so bad. It'd be nobody's (laughs) ringtone, I can tell you that. Well, next up, we have the Around Town segment. I always look forward to this because you, you just surprise me. I, I don't even look at this until we get here to the studio, <laughs> just so that people are aware, uh, yeah. the listeners. Yeah, so uh, going around town, uh, just to remind the listeners, if you want to kind of keep track of where we're, where we are, what we're up to, you can follow us on social, on Instagram at the Matea Group, on Facebook at the uh, Matea Group at kellywilliamsrealty.com. Um, but anyways, so Around Town. Uh, so we've got the uh, new Brickyard Hollow location of the Gunkwit opening on June 22nd. And what's, uh, what's interesting here is that this is not just like your run-of-the-mill place to go to. It is a cool, unique pizza place. So it, they have a, and I've, I've never heard of this my whole life, they have a blueberry pizza. Huh. Main blueberries, <laughs> ricotta cheese, roasted shallots, and lemon zest, which sounds very interesting. So they put on before you cook it or after? It looks like it goes on before, so everything's huh. coming out hot. It is a really interesting concept, but it does beg the question of, when you go to get pizza, like what are the toppings you're looking for? Because sure. I've never had blueberries on my list. I'm pretty straightforward, simple guy. I, you know, it's the it's the pepperoni. Um, right. I, I do love the mashed potato, scallion, uh, bacon oh, pizza yeah. of of the folks at Autos. Um, yeah. Full disclosure, our client of ours, um, yeah. and uh, so I, I love that pizza. Uh, but I'm the traditional pepperoni, maybe a Hamburg uh, sausage. You know, but high protein. Yep. To combat that uh, high carbohydrate yeah. piece uh, th- that uh, I get nagged about from time to time. Yeah, the guilty pleasure. Uh, I've always been a buffalo chicken pizza guy myself. And, okay, and I love that's the, another one. I love yeah. the Nor'easter at Portland Pie. But, that's right. Um, I, you know, I, I love places like Otto's and uh, Brickyard Hollow that, like, introduce these wild things you may never think to go get. Because you, you, you're sometimes surprised by how well they go together. Sure. And then to just stand out from the crowd to uh, explore that, give it a choice, you know, a chance. And uh, you never know, you know, could fall in love with that. And uh, then you're having blueberry pizza from time to time and introducing our out of state folks to it as well to uh, to explore that opportunity. So because it has blueberries, lemon zest and shallots, is it actually more of like is it like having a salad or a fruit salad? Can I count it? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's a few food groups right there. Plus plus your bread. So unbelievable. <laughs> got, it, got it all right. All right. Uh, I think the question everybody has on their mind right now is, is where am I going to go see the fireworks? So uh, kind of some of the highlights of our fireworks displays. Um, you've got fireworks over Great Falls off the Androscoggin River on Saturday, July 3rd. Um, you've got Freeport. A lot. You've got a lot of, I'm sorry, Saturday, Sunday, July 3rd. Sunday, Sunday, July, July 3rd. 3rd right, right, today. Um, yeah, Tonight. so a lot of the fireworks are actually happening on the 3rd. There's a mix. You've got some 3rd right. and some 4th. So if you love oh, yeah. fireworks, you can go twice. Um, you've got Freeport. Uh, they're doing their July 4th fireworks. It's a 9 o'clock start a little bit later. Uh, Old Orchard Beach is also on the 4th. Um, it, it's funny, depending on how the holiday falls, it dep- depends on when these uh, various cities and towns do their fireworks. But it's nice to see a mixture because you can you can catch multiple. Yeah, and we'll put those on our Facebook page, right? Absolutely. The group. Absolutely. Portland's on the 4th. Uh, Sanford's on the 3rd. Um, and they've got a rain date of the 4th. Yeah, and we tend to see, I mean, a number of towns. If, you know, if you're up at the lake, uh, Sebago, if you're, you know, up in you know, the Augusta area, uh, there's a tendency of um, private displays. And you can, you know, if you're, yeah. especially if you're on the lake, uh, you, you know, pan on that 180, 360-degree even turn uh, to just watch for, you know, dusk hits. You know, it's 9, 9.15, all of a sudden fireworks going off over to your right and then to your left then straight ahead. And, 
you yeah. know, then you've got the uh, the private shows where uh, because it's legal in many of the towns, as uh, people have a tendency to stop over to Phantom Fireworks and put mm-hmm. on their own displays, and uh, those being affordable, I've I've seen them just in the parking lot at Pine Point. Oh yeah, Beach. Uh, since you're not supposed to shoot them off on the beach, which people tend to <laughs> tend to skip that uh, and and just do it, and uh, I think they get away with it. Yeah, so it's nice. We've got a nice mix of third and fourth dates for fireworks. You can certainly catch plenty if fireworks are your thing. If you are putting on a private display, please be safe. You know, we know we've all heard the stories of a private display that's gone wrong. So if you're doing a private display on your own, uh, you know, just be safe. Leave yourself some space. Um, but you know, fireworks are definitely something that we love to go check out. Um, where we're in Biddeford, we catch the Old Orchard Beach fireworks. We catch sure. the Saco Biddeford fireworks. We love to get as many in as we can. Right. Yeah, I, t- I tend to, uh, if we're up at camp uh, on Androscoggin Lake, we see them uh, across the way in Wayne. You catch them a little bit further away in Winthrop. And uh, from time to time, if the weather is just right, you'll you'll see them uh, if it's a clear day. Uh, but you may not hear them from from another a few other towns. Right. So uh, this is a cool one, too. You have the 45th Great Schooner Race uh, on the schooner, July 8th. Yeah, so it is the largest gathering of tall ships in North America. It's happening right in Camden, Rockland Harbor area. Um, all these schooner ships come in. Uh, it's a really cool gathering. It's all it's an all day event. Um, something that you just don't see most places. You know, Maine's got a, a very strong kind of sailing tradition, ocean tradition, um, and this is one of the few displays you really get to see that in full effect. Uh, it's a lot of fun. A great place to go hang out for yeah, a day. I remember that came to Portland uh, a number of years ago, Did, and uh, it's great to see that in Camden and Rockland area. It'd be hopefully a beautiful day, and uh, you know, get to experience that. Have you have you ever been? I've I've been to the lobster boat races, which I find to be a lot of fun up and down the coast. Um, I've not been to see the schooners. I did see the one in Portland, but I've not been up to Camden and Rockland. I may have to go check it out. Great, great. Well, another great show. Thanks again, Harrison, for another great around town. Patrick Thornton, a Phoenix title, answering. So many great questions. Uh, I learned quite a bit there and uh, took some awesome notes. Thank you so much for listening. Happy 4th of July. And thank you again for listening. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember Jeff, M-A-T, E-J-A. That's the Matai.